0: This
1: is Scripture Read Badly, a podcast where two grown-up pastor's kids discuss the stories of the Bible in chronological order,
0: attempting to avoid heresy, and generally having a good time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Ryan. Sit
1: back and rejoice.
0: Today's verse comes from Leviticus chapter 11, verse 39. And if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever touches its carcass shall be unclean until the evening. That is 100% true. If you are preparing raw meat during a meal preparation time, you and me, we both know that sometimes it's kind of hard to get the smell off you and you have to wash your hands very thoroughly. So this is God just letting us know basic kitchen hygiene well ahead of time. My name is Ryan. Welcome to Scripture and Badly.
1: And my name's Jeremy, and I, for some reason, love the word carcass. It just sounds delicious. (laughs) And today, we're going to meander our way through Leviticus 11 and onwards, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of clean and unclean food discussions, a lot of unclean uh, animal discussions. Not to be confused
0: with unclean discussions. We're hoping to keep Mm. this at least G-rated.
1: Yep. Scripture Ed Badly does unclean discussions. (laughs) Oh we could do that. yeah
0: maybe, uh, maybe in, a, in a scripture discussed episode in our patreon oh yeah,
1: for our patreon. yeah we, um, but we need to remember that this is a ex-slave refugee camp walking through the desert thousands of years ago. So this is not 2018 Jeremy living in the center of European capital. This is God talking to specific people about a specific time.
0: Are you saying that you can't literally apply every single verse to your life right now? Was it not written for you? I thought it was.
1: Oh, you can definitely literally apply it as long as you read it properly. As long as you know what a hoopoe is. As long as you know what a hoopoe (laughs) is, which is in 1119, and if (laughs) anyone knows what a hoopoe is, please draw it and send it in to us. We want all of the hoopoe pictures. Yes, please. But so we have things in here like uh, these are the creatures that you may eat that God approves that they can eat these animals and oh, Jeremy, some of these animals. Wait, sorry, yes.
0: you should right now Google a picture of a hoopoe. It is crazy looking. It is okay. Is it? Is is it one of those
1: Google searches that has, like, 15 options of what it could look like? No, no, no.
0: This is narrowed down. Before you look it up, though, I want to try and describe it. Um, Okay. And then you look it up, and then you can let me know if I did a good job. So, picture a... uh, Let me see. The face of a quail, but a longer beak... So you know how their faces are kind of... Actually, they just look like normal birds. Uh, but Should I
1: Google quail?
0: <laughs> you can Google quail, that's fine.
1: Quail face.
0: It's like a quail with a long beak, but their wings are zebra-striped. Whoa, cool. Uh, their... The rest of their feathers are kind of just like a light orange, but they have this... Uh, uh what do you call it a plume of hair not hair but it's feathers head feathers that kind of instead of like a cockatoo mohawk they kind of splay out yep. the other way so it's oh, cool. side to side like big crazy spiky orange hair tipped yep. with black and white they look oh, so I'm cool pressing the button yeah look it up right now and all our listeners but- this is something that you can participate in right now as well. If you're on your phone, just whip out Google Chrome or whatever app you use, and just look up Hoopo H-O-O-P-O-E. It's in 11.19, as Jeremy said. Uh, it is a crazy-looking bird.
1: Lo- oh, okay. I wonder if they translated the word closest to what they assumed it would be, but mm. it wasn't actually this. Hang on, I'm going to look where it lives. Where do you live?
0: Either way, it's a pretty crazy looking bird.
1: That is a crazy looking bird. It has such a cool beak. Yeah. And when the mohawk thing is down, it looks pretty cool too. I agree. Yeah. It kind of uh, looks like but,
0: it would be a, a superhero that is known for being fast or something. It's kind of slipped super back. Super fast. Hooper fast.
1: And a little, um. <laughs> A little performance-oriented, like, look at me, look at me, I'm doing this cool thing. Yeah,
0: kind of peacocky.
1: Yep. With its head. No, I can't see. Afro-Eurasia, that seems very vague. Ah, you know, uh, they're that's...
0: found in, uh, <laughs> the world! Well, if you, That's where they live! If you go between Africa, Europe, and Asia, you're right in the Middle East, so I guess that makes sense.
1: Oh, true. Hmm. Uh... Anyway, we're sidetracked. Yeah, so, uh, so we know that I don't think... We know that I don't think uh, <laughs> that you're supposed to eat the hoopoe or whatever the hoopoe stand, stood for mm. at the time. And, But at the start of 11. So there's all of these uh, rules and regulations of you can eat this animal and you can eat this animal, but you can't eat this animal. And it keeps using the word clean and unclean. So... I wonder if it's that if you eat this um animal that you will become unclean because it's unhealthy for you or if it was a cultural uh conclusion that like right now our cultures say you don't eat rats and you don't eat cats and you don't eat dogs. Right. But these are because rats uh spread diseases and cats and dogs are like our friends. So why would you eat a cat or a dog? But we'll Well eat maybe chicken cats and dogs and are chickens. like your friends. Uh, yeah, well, I have had cat friends before. I've had dog friends before. Currently, I have neither. (laughs) Oh, I have a cat friend. She's just not here. She's 11,000 kilometers away.
0: That's a lot of kilometers.
1: Excuse me. Uh, and so you you wonder if God is saying, Hey, stick to these cultural conclusions because then there won't be so much social dissonance. Mm. Or if it's, don't eat these foods because they're bad for you. Or even... Don't eat these foods because there's not enough of them around and I want uh, diversity of animals and I don't want you to kill them all.
0: Right, so like, it's similar to Noah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, God really loves diversity and God really loves the creativity that he's put on the planet, so maybe we shouldn't eat all of the hoopos because God would like some of the hoopos to stay, away, stay around. Or, I wonder if it also is that he considered some of these animals too dangerous to hunt and or prepare because you have some of those fish that you can't eat unless you do something really specific to it and then like kill it yeah or no no like boil (laughs) it in a certain way or it's toxic until you do it and then because these are ex-slaves walking through the desert how many of them are going to be good at taking down a lion? True. And so God's probably Uh don't don't kill the huge moose because it'll run at you and kill all your people. Yeah. And I'm all about the people. Yeah. God is for the people. Yeah, he's heaps for the people. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I wonder too, if some of it is that the animals are hard to use all of the bits of. Like, yeah, you could kill this horse and use its meat, but you can't really use its skin, so that would just rot away, and God's not all about that either. Right. Uh, So I wonder about that.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Maybe...
0: Hmm. Maybe it wasn't so much that God cared about specific breeds of birds as much as maybe whatever animals were their predators... Perhaps. Uh, yep. So maybe along the food chain somewhere, something that ate the hoopoe got eaten by something else that got eaten by the lion or the bear. Things that were important yep. to to God or that he wanted to preserve throughout history that maybe if they had eaten the hoopoe, then maybe the, uh, whatever, the little mountain lion or something wouldn't have been able to eat the hoopoe. And then the lion or whatever animal it was wouldn't have been able to eat that other one. I don't really know how food chains work, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) What's a food chain? But what I do know is that in modern uh, ecosystems, when a certain prey is taken out, like if humans start eating a lot of Uh, Salmon or something like that near where a grizzly bear lives and the grizzly bear isn't able to get its usual intake of food then it will go looking elsewhere and will end up in human communities and that's when huge problems happen and little children get eaten and maybe the uh, garbage bins get raided and mess goes everywhere and unsanitary things. So that's more likely I think what God was talking about that if you eat these prey then their predators will come along and raid you for food that you have robbed them of maybe
1: yeah I like that but also uh, on that same theme Australia has done almost the opposite of that when the farmers didn't want a certain species so they brought cane toads in and then the cane toads went wild and then they had to bring something else to try to take the cane toads out or even the reason why they brought foxes or rabbits in and that destroyed everything because now they can't get rid of the foxes yep. and the rabbits. Did you hear so, that
0: they recently found cane toads I think it was near Sydney, in northern no, Sydney.
1: Oh I know. So gross.
0: Could, oh man. Okay. Oh, I'm that wasn't I'm thinking supposed to happen. I'm thinking kinda dystopian right now, but could you imagine in fifty years time if there were there was an infestation of cane toads all across Australia?
1: And then we could all golf swing at them. they would yes. be terrible because they do a lot of destruction.
0: Yeah, they do. They just jump around and kill things with their poisonous warts. So gross! Yeah. Guys, don't and, don't look up like, pictures of cane toads. They are filthy.
1: They do not look up those pictures. But the other thing, the smaller part in Australia is we don't like spiders, but the spiders keep the flies down.
0: And the flies, the flies are, bad.
1: are bad. Yeah. Yeah, and so. God's just saying there's a balance to this and I've put it in place and it's so that you can be blessed and have life in abundance and so can they. Mm-hmm. Which evangelicalism is definitely not a big fan of the environment. Uh, but I think that's a balance we need to redress somewhat. Yeah, it's, God's all about that. Yeah, that's
0: so weird to me. When, when there are... Uh political stances that get wrapped up in spiritual stances that's just so yeah. so weird or rather the other way around when spiritual people when evangelicalism gets caught up in these political issues that don't make sense for example recycling yeah. is bad that doesn't make sense like you say God loves the earth he loves the yeah. environment he he has instructed us many times throughout the Bible to take care of where we live and to tend yep. the land and to rule over nature in a way that allows it to progress as opposed to ruling over it for our own personal gain. So, yeah, yeah, that's weird. And global warming and climate change and any environmental issue that gets ignored because you're supposedly better than the world it doesn't make sense if you say we're just going to leave this world behind anyway and stuff when God has instructed you to be good stewards while you are here oh also tangent um, with that in mind that view that says God's just going to create a new heaven and a new earth anyway excuse me uh, so why do we need to take care of this earth is that true From what we know of the new heaven and the new earth is it not that God is going to bring the new heaven to this earth and create a new earth here or is he actually going to transport us to a different planet like some kind of teleportation in sci-fi or Mormonism or something like that Is that what's gonna happen?
1: Yeah and I wonder what the reaction what it was reacting to. Because when you look at the Garden of Eden, God's like, here's the Tree of Life. I have to get them away from the Tree of Life, so I'm going to put this angel guarding it. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't it be that we get to a point where Jesus has adopted us into the Godhead and we return to the Tree of Life and then we get to live here forever, um, discipling and redeeming Mm -hmm. everything that's been happening here. And then you wonder if that was the orthodox opinion for a long time, that God was going to come back and redeem everything. Mm-hmm. And then World War I and World War II happened. So people are like, this place is so bad and people are so bad. So God's definitely not going to keep us here. He's going to take us away from here when there's no death and war. Right. And I feel like a lot of theology changes because of what's happening in reality mm-hmm. and it's a reaction to it. And yeah. so when you have hell, as far as I understand what we understand hell to be, came out of not the Bible, but like Greek mythology at the time. Mm-hmm. And that could be totally wrong, but like Dante's, whatever it's called. Inferno. Inferno yeah. Yeah. And so that the, the visuals that we have come from that. And so we're reacting to something that God didn't necessarily give to us. And so when the World Wars came through, our theology changes to uh, a need to leave, right. and a need to avoid suffering instead of... Like we're studying First Peter right now, and First Peter is all about you will suffer, and suffering is not fun, but it means that you cling more to God because you are a chosen people and he's called you out of darkness. And so I wonder... I wonder if that's if you traced the belief that we're leaving. Because the New Earth, New Thingo thing is like Revelation is a book that was written to the specific people too. It was not written to 2018 Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And some people read it as a cyclical thing like there's always oppression, there's always death, but Jesus will win, and that's the basic tenements. Mm hmm. But when we take it to mean, oh, one day Jesus is gonna come and take us away to this new place I'm not sure that's what it was meaning. Right. Yeah. What about you? What are your thoughts?
0: Uh I guess we'll have to wait and see when we get to Revelation in about six years time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's gonna be like two episodes long. Yeah <laughs> It's oh, not gonna be a long discussion because by then we'll know the Bible so good that we're we'll just be like, This is what it's about.
0: Yeah, I next yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll be so spiritually advanced because of all the time we've put into scripture and badly that we won't even need to think about it. We'll just nope. Immediate revelation.
1: And by then we might have like six other co-hosts yes. and we'll have 100,000 listeners every yep. week.
0: Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah.
1: We'll have a scripture read bible, bible translation. Whoa, <laughs> it's just really bad English the whole time. <laughs> it says like every sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Has really good... Oh, by then we'll both be incredible artists. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a picture Bible for kids. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, maybe that's it. But our pictures will be so open to interpretation that you can't can't read it well. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the future of this program. The future of us as... A, uh, as an entity
1: as biblical communicators yeah. because we're not theologians we're biblical communicators
0: well I mean we're theologians to a degree but
1: uh, oh and by then we'll both have honorary degrees actually maybe whoa. by then we'll just film it because you'll have like six degrees under your belt of video production True. and sound production yeah. so we'll just write albums wow yes but by then music will be obsolete so it'll just be visual whoa whoa okay or it'll be like virtual reality. We'll make a virtual reality walk through the Bible according to Jeremy and Ryan.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, okay. I have a good idea for a uh, for an episode of Scripture Discussed, which is, uh, it may have already come out by this point, but it may not. And it will be future predictions because that is going to be amazing. We can get a little bit into eschatology, but also into our own uh personal predictions of what will happen technologically and uh whoa I love that great well we will record that right after this but you guys can probably listen to that if you go to patreon.com slash scripture read badly and become a scribe which is uh by supporting the show each month you get a couple of episodes that go in depth into different topics that loosely or sometimes not so loosely relate to scripture and we discuss them hence disgust just different spelling
1: i wonder if a part of disgust could be jeremy and ryan just tells weird stories about their day oh like have i so told you good. about the dead horse i saw today yet
0: whoa nope we're gonna talk about that <laughs> on this week's episode of scripture disgust for sure right. okay um so getting back to leviticus chapter 11 they're going through all these things like you said it could just be that god is wanting them to be different it could just be a cultural mindset at the time. You don't eat certain things because it's weird and gross. But God had His reasons, I'm sure. What doesn't really make sense to me, and it's probably because I'm not a, uh, I'm not very well schooled in the uh, cultural makeup of the day, uh, is that anything that has a uh, a cleft hoof was unclean to eat so i'm i'm looking at you verses 24 through 28 so it says things like uh let me see every animal that parts the hoof but is not cloven footed or does not chew the cud is that how it's pronounced is unclean to you yep uh everyone who touches them shall be unclean so that includes obviously pigs it includes uh Pigs. Moose. And moose. <laughs> and pigs. Maybe. So basically, God is saying, don't even touch these animals. I don't want you to farm them or anything like that. So, okay, here's the thing. Jesus goes across the lake or whatever he whatever he does, goes to the dude that has legion, a legion of demons inside of him. And he says, yep. what is your name? They say, we are legion. And Jesus is like, nope, get out.
1: And then they say, no, please,
0: don't cast us into the abyss. Cast us into that herd of pigs over there. And Jesus is like, "Uh, okay. So he does. Maybe if it was a flock of sheep, Jesus wouldn't have said yes, because they would have been needed as sacrifices in the time before his ultimate sacrifice, which may not have been very long at all. But... Maybe because they were pigs and they were seen as unclean animals, it was no great loss to the nation of Israel. Maybe yeah. that's why that happened. But even so, that is so much bacon and ham at the bottom
1: of the ocean.
0: Why? Oh, ham.
1: So good. Or I made pulled pork last night. Oh. That could have been so many burgers. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm just getting hungry. Come on,
0: man. <laughs> it's almost dinner time here and I'm just it's hitting me. Um so why why that? Was it that the nations around were contracting diseases from them?
1: Was it? That's always been the argument I've heard okay. that pigs just hold more diseases and back then they didn't have the there's an i-word I'm looking for. Immunizations. Immune systems. Oh, okay. To uh, not have it, and then now we've got cleaner po- pork, so it's different.
0: Hmm. And I'm sure it's
1: completely.
0: Uh...
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> this is a weird side tender too. So I was I'm listening ready. to a podcast the other day about um, circumcision. Oh, great! And I always thought circumcision was like this one thing that the jews did that no one else did Mm -hmm. but then this study seemed to say that a lot of the cultures in that region did it as well as like uh passing into adulthood or and so and so i wonder if god took this thing to mark his own people even though other people were doing it or maybe the others weren't doing it I don't know. And so I wonder if what you say just then, if the cultures around them also did these things, that they didn't eat some of these foods, mm. or if God was just using it as a symbol that they wouldn't just to label themselves as gods. Because even without, like, Christians aren't circumcised. We're circumcised in the heart. Right. And our behavior shows who we're living for and who we're believing in. Mm-hmm. And so the people of Israel didn't need to do that. And so maybe circumcision and not eating these foods were purely uh, that word that I always forget. Which means like health. Sanitation. Right. Maybe all of these things are just the sanitation and the sanitary nature of the thing because he wants to keep them alive. Because they're his people and if they're dead, they're no good to him. Sure. Or not no good. but. And so, I'm yeah, I'm just questioning that... Uh, changing physical things purely because of a uh, labeling, these are my people thing. Hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, well, I can tell you what I think about the circumcision thing. I don't think that that was a practice prior to Abraham.
1: Uh, how, in any culture.
0: In any culture. However, if you remember, Ishmael got circumcised and Ishmael as Abraham's son was I think he was circumcised when he was 10 or something like that or 12 and so he that was around the time where he was kind of coming into his own manhood so I wonder if that was passed if that was a tradition passed down through Ishmael or maybe even through some of the descendants of uh, of Jacob who just kind of went off the rails and did their own thing and then they were kind of half observing the law but mostly just doing whatever they thought was right and then they kind of get into this pseudo judaism and then it becomes something like uh a uh like the transition of a a christmas and easter christian to just becoming a my parents were like that and so i kind of kept on some of the practices but not really so we kind of do this thing where we all uh where we might say a prayer at bedtime but it's just ceremonial uh yep i get you so maybe it was that these non-god-fearing descendants of 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 jacob or of, of ishmael uh but had, doing it. Yeah, they just had this custom where that's just what you do because that's what you do. Like, we have random yep. things that we do because it's what you do, like pub crawl at moose heads. Why not?
1: Whoa, that sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I went on on my 18th birthday at midnight. It was you were, gross.
1: You were terrified into never going to a bar for a while after that, Well,
0: right? I actually had my first taste of alcohol that night, and...
1: Was it lemony? Uh,
0: I think it was a rum and cola or something like that. <laughs> uh,
1: first taste, rum and moose heads. I
0: went, that is the most disgusting. I think it was Unipub, the first one I went to. So they, oh, yeah. My friends bought me a drink and I had a sip and went, oh, that's so gross. You guys can have it. I don't care. And then I just I just danced the rest of the night and I didn't drink anything else. <laughs> and then I went out yeah. a couple more times to To do not necessarily a pub crawl well I guess it was it was just a dry pub crawl I just went from place yep. to place where there wasn't any dancing and just kind of set the dance floor on fire metaphorically <laughs> I just went out there and ripped it up metaphorically yep. and people started joining me until I got to the point where I felt like it was sustainable without me and then I'd just leave and go yep. to the next one I was just doing my due diligence so
1: you should have taken uh, money from the door. Like, hey, I'm about to make this place awesome. I'll take $20, thank you.
0: Whoa, okay.
1: Huh. Like the dance floor beginner guy. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, all right. So, unclean animals.
0: Yeah, unclean animals. Uh, we do know that in the book of Acts, Peter has a dream in which God presents all these unclean animals, so to speak, on a blanket or something like that before him and says... Look, these used to be unclean, but now they're clean. You can eat them. It's fine. Well, he didn't say now they're clean, but he said now you're okay to eat them. So maybe that was the point yep. where their immune systems were strong enough where they, all the diseases had completely disappeared, at least enough. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. However, I don't completely buy it. Okay, just one more thing about pigs. You don't completely buy what? Uh, That it was simply immune system based. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there was something else about it. Maybe it was that God just wanted them to have a different diet to distinguish them from other people. So that if somebody saw a pig farmer, they wouldn't immediately think it could be a Hebrew. Instead, they would think that's definitely not a Hebrew. So it was a way of maybe firmly establishing them as a society that did things a certain way and that helped them with their cultural identity. Um, yep. When Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, um, it says that the, the prodigal son went away to a foreign land and spent all his money. I think it was Las Vegas. And then he... It was
1: definitely Las Vegas. And there was a
0: famine because Las Vegas is in the middle of the desert and I've flown through there and it is so barren it's just crazy how did nevada even get populated it's weird anyway uh so he's in the in the the deserts of nevada and this this famine comes and then he's forced to help a pig farmer and he longs to eat the food that the pigs eat he doesn't long to eat the pigs which i think is a little bit interesting but I don't know where I'm going with that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is it was a foreign land. And so Jesus was cementing the fact that it was a foreign country. It wasn't just some rich Jewish city. By saying he helped a pig farmer. And maybe that was him saying it's the lowest of the low because it's an unclean animal. We don't do this. This is taboo in our society to even go near these creatures. So he had to stoop so low just to survive that you could tell that he had nothing left. So that was just my little Jesus tangent to bring it back to
1: pigs. Jesus tangent. Did did it do. Okay,
0: so why don't we move on to purification after childbirth? I guess that kind of speaks for itself. It's just sanitation. Well, yes. Kind you of. can
1: read it, I think, two different ways. Mm-hmm. One being the sanitation thing where lots of blood comes and blood... Wait, there's blood at childbirth?
0: What? There's blood at childbirth?
1: No, menstruation. (laughs) Or maybe in childbirth too. Yeah, I
0: think there is. But there's definitely a lot
1: lot of liquids Mm -hmm. that could spread diseases. Yeah, no, I
0: definitely get that. And a child's
1: immune system needs to be cared for. Mm -hmm. So you could look at it that way. Like, this is purely sanitation. Mm -hmm. Or you could look at it from the... Why do I keep forgetting words? Patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Which is like, oh, women are less than men and that's why they have to do these extra purification rituals because God doesn't like women, he only likes men.
0: Well, why can't you look at it through the opposite lens and say God wants women to go through this because he values them perhaps even more than men in a society to so make sure that they and that's are that's how
1: I would read it. Yeah. Yep.
0: Because they're clearly the most important person in the childbirth procedure, because they're yep. giving birth. It isn't that they are taking anything; they it is fully them giving of themselves. Uh, yep, they are giving the gift of life to another human. So, I, I think in the past I would have probably just read it through the patriarchal lens of uh, of thinking that. This is what happened because Eve sinned first and God yep. had the childbirth punishments and stuff but I don't know if you if you really think about it, we can tell that God values childbirth so much that he not only takes a chapter of the law which is I guess only uh, eight verses long but he makes sure that we we really want it. I guess, for yep. for the most part. So when he says that you'll experience great pain in childbearing, it is in order that the reward may be so much sweeter if you persevere through.
1: Um, mm, sweet rewards. Yeah, I like that. Like Fredo frogs. Okay, so
0: then there's laws about leprosy and skin diseases. That's a very, very long chapter, and it's uh, talking about a lot of things like yellow hair and uh, moles with hair in them and no white hair in the spot and white hair in the spot and uh, all these different things which are supposedly leprous but not necessarily what we think of as leprosy today. True, Uh, But it's just various skin diseases. Do you think eczema would have been included in this?
1: Uh, Possibly, and we have to remember that they're walking through a desert so they would have gotten heaps of different stuff, sure. Either through bites, or dryness, or sleeping on the ground. Mm-hmm. But then also, I wonder how, because it is a long chapter, but that doesn't mean that it happens all of the time, sure. But with two and a half million people, it may. I just, I just saw. And I, like Lewis House, sorry. diseases spread
0: so quick. <laughs> uh, Lewis House Certain is the diseases. old accommodation for youth with a mission, Newcastle
1: where we both It was like an old spent time. vets house. Yeah. And during Hostel. certain months of winter, everyone would be sick. Yeah. My goodness.
0: Yep. Terrible. If you've ever lived in a community where you don't really get a break from anyone and you have a roommate and communal bathrooms and everything, I'm sure you understand the uh, the spread of disease and that type of thing. Um so then we have laws for cleansing lepers which is in response to the previous chapter about the laws for leprosy and I think this is to show that God doesn't give up on people that contract these diseases and neither should we um, or at least neither should the Israelites because Whoa, yeah. when when he gives the laws for cleansing houses it's clearly to put people in a quarantine situation where they can, uh, or their immune systems can get to the point where they overcome these diseases, and they can be integrated back into society. It is not for them yep. to form some kind of ghetto where everyone has the same disease and nobody is allowed back in, and they're kind of excommunicated from the community. Excommunicated? That makes sense. O- yeah. Outside a- of a- the community.
1: Excommunicated. Yeah.
0: There we go. Um. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on God giving rules for getting lepers back into society?
1: I think you are very on the money with a lot of things Ching. that um, that points to God wanting people back in mm. because there's always limits and times for these things. Sure. Like when a person has to leave the camp, it's always until this happens yep. or for this amount of time mm-hmm. so that they know that there's they're supposed to come back in. and Which was interesting because when we are in India and we went to a leprosy colony, these people are just pushed to the edges of society and forgotten about and never thought of again. Mm-hmm. And it was never researched to see what could be done to bring them back or how long their disease would last or even how uh spreadable the disease is and so we did some research when we were there Mm -hmm. and their brand of leprosy doesn't spread among many people Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to quarantine the person even if they're in the middle of society sure and so it was kind of sad that they'd been pushed Mm -hmm. and god's not all about that he wants people to be in a a place of belonging in a place of community Mm -hmm. and that's also why The priests were trained in sanitation and almost like a medical field, so that spiritually people could come back to God, and also physically people could come back. Right. And so God gives all of these rules for almost like a, not a mirror image, but a a swapped image of the, don't sin, these are the standards, Mm. but if you do sin, and so be healthy, but if you are not healthy, these are the ways that you can get back to health. Mm -hmm. In a, in a
0: way, I'm I'm thinking there with God giving these uh, uh, pharmaceutical or medicinal Ooh. laws to the yep. priests and this role to the priests, they are in a sense be becoming the uh, the light side equivalent of a witch doctor, who people in. Uh, in pagan societies would go to for not only spiritual consultation but also physical uh, when it came to uh, needing cure of a disease and those types of things and they were often prescribed these different rituals that they had to do these spiritual things in in response to the physical ailment whereas God is not only saying uh, come to the priests and the priests will bless you and send you outside but the He's uh, he's making it so that it's not really a big deal. That if you have one of these things, all you have to do is go to the priest. They'll tell you what to do. You do it, and you'll be fine. Yeah. So they're becoming the witch doctors of Israel, but in the best
1: possible way. If that's or possible. Or the, the blue wizard. The blue the blue wizards. wizards. Yeah. Or the green wizards. I've forgotten which one was the healing. In the Wheel of Time.
0: Yeah, I don't know anything about that.
1: The red wizards? Okay. Um, there was one wizard that was terrible. So, anyway, chapter
0: 15, will end up on this one. Uh, not wanting to spend too much time on it, though, obviously, because it's all about bodily discharges, which is a oh, classic. delightful topic for an entire chapter of the Bible. And if, like me, you were going through this, uh, the Old Testament, reading a chapter a day as your quiet time then reading an entire chapter about semen and menstruation and that type of thing.
1: (laughs) Or just the word discharge. Or even just reading the word
0: discharge. There is a certain amount of me that really didn't want to have to read this chapter. However, I think by the time I got to the end of it, I had to stop and think about why God gave these laws. Obviously, it is for sanitary purposes because as everybody would know there are certain things that uh, that the male and the female bodies go through that need to be cleaned and if they are not cleaned they easily contract disease um, so this yes. is, is God saying you know how all the pagans and everyone just kind of does whatever they want and they don't clean themselves and then they get sick and die well this is one way that they die in order to prevent sexually transmitted diseases with your spouse which is very very rare uh in modern society just do basic things like bathe just clean yep and if it happens that you in doing one of these things you are sinning then just sacrifice a sin offering and clean make atonement and you're good you can just go on with life and i think that's a that is a it's a healthy way to look at all these different laws that God is giving that if you go against one of these things if you accidentally touch a pig you are not going to you won't be sinning against God to the point where he will smite you on the spot but he is wanting to prevent unnecessary problems in his nation at a time that is being established as we talked about in the previous episode yeah that's 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 me
1: and once again, the context of these verses are in the middle of nowhere and they don't just have showers and bathrooms all each, mm-hmm. they would have weird water sources that may or may not be their only source of drinking. So it's not like they can bathe every day super well. Yep. And I don't know if they had soap, I don't know if they had clean towels and they didn't, definitely didn't have many sets of clothes. hmm and so if you do get blood on you or if you do get other things on you, it, it, it's highly possible that it could spread. But then the other thing is, like you say about the pig, God's not saying if you touch the pig, you're instantly going to be diseased. Yeah. And it's the same with we wash our hands after the bathroom every time. And it's not because every time we go to the bathroom, we're going to get sick if we don't clean our hands. Mm-hmm. But it's just to keep our communities healthy and sanitary yep and not risking the possibility of anything else
0: and it's also the reason that you use hand sanitizer
1: after you push a trolley around at Woolworths yep yep and you don't play with your beard after you've done certain things Mm. gross
0: yeah or if you have a beard definitely clean it a lot because you're going to touch it with your hands And hands are one of the grossest parts of your entire body. By the way, speaking of which, uh, we may as well wrap this up because I know that you have to find something to clean out your fingernails with.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, maybe it's clean already. No, it's definitely not. Oh, maybe you should spend seven days outside the camp. Maybe that'll help. Sorry, everyone. Well, now I live by myself, so outside the camp is just inside my house.
0: Whoa! That's awesome. It's like a permanent quarantine, except you can leave. (laughs) So not exactly. really like quarantine
1: at all. Yep. And I have people over regularly, so that could be bad. Yep. Oh well. All right, well, uh Oh well. This uh
0: good episode. Yeah, great episode. Well, I think we have the advice for this episode built into the chapters that we went through, so uh I think specifically when you uh when you're thinking about chapter 13 of the book of Leviticus and this, this was a, an opening verse of a chapter um, an opening verse of an episode that we did in the past we just need to remember Leviticus 13 verse 40 if a man's hair falls out of his head he is bald, he is clean so again and I said this last time, bald people don't have to shower that is my advice at the end of this episode that's what I took away from this
1: that is a good takeaway. Mm-hmm. This has been Scripture Ed Badly. I'm Jeremy. I'm Brian. Bumblebee tuna. All right, peace. peace.